You're listening to the TV Obsessive channel, presented by tvobsessive.com. Okay, welcome back to the TV Obsessive podcast. Uh, my name is Cameron Crane, the executive editor of tvobsessive.com. Um, joined here today by one of our esteemed writers, Ryan Kirksey. How are you doing today, Ryan? I'm doing great. I'm doing exceptionally great. Have uh, got made my way through first half of The Bear season two. Really looking forward to talking to that today. Uh, we've had some good feedback and good response to our first couple of episodes. Appreciate everyone. Appreciate everyone for coming back uh, for episode three. And I guess my question for you is: You only eat food off chaos menus, right? That's you've told me. That's the only food you eat. Yes. I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't I, even know what that is. Right? I don't know what that means. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I don't know what that is. Why are you mentioning this? Now, now I feel like, oh, I failed to do research. Um, I, I think that it's like, well, I don't know. I'm just riffing on what the word chaos means. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Maybe we'll look it up for next time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as promised, we're back. We're going to dig in here today, ultimately on... Uh, the first half of The Bear Season 2, realizing that many people in the world have probably already at this point watched the entire season. Um, we're just going to talk about the first half. I still, haven't, I still haven't watched past Episode 5. Have you, Ryan? I have stopped at Episode 5 for this conversation, so I've not made it any any past that. Yeah, same. I mean, and, you know, probably in part because we were going to do the podcast in this way. I didn't want to confuse myself by trying to pretend I didn't know things that I, in fact, know. <laughs> uh, I, I do that general writing on, on stuff, too. You know, we'll get screeners and and things like this, and uh, I'll try not to really get ahead. So I'm in the right place. You know? yep. um, so, okay, first, though, as per usual here, we're going to hit on a few items in the news, things that caught our eye. We're by no means being comprehensive here in terms of a TV news source, but well, you know, I guess I hope maybe curating a bit in terms of, well, if it's the things we think are worth talking about, maybe you will also feel it's the things you think are worth hearing about. Um, and we'll you know chat a little bit about what we've been watching lately. Uh, again, in this first part of the podcast, the first two parts, We'll do our best to avoid spoilers for the shows we're discussing. Um, when we get to talking about the bear, we're going to dig in there. We'll give another spoiler warning at that point before we start talking about the bear season two, which I'm looking forward to. Um, Same here. Yeah. So here we are. It's June 24th, two, uh, 2023. I feel like that's worth noting for some reason. Um, so uh, what's in the news, Ryan? What's catching your eye this week? Yeah, one thing especially caught my eye uh, this this week. Um, not not something that I necessarily watched, but because it was related to something that I used to watch. I, I don't know, uh, Cameron, were you a original Walking Dead show watcher when that uh, when that show was on for eleven or twelve seasons, whatever it was? No, actually, not really. I mean, um, I started watching it when it came out, like almost right when it came out the walking dead um which at the time was i don't know what the year that was i feel old if we looked up what year but it was probably like 2010 i'm guessing mm -hmm. um and at the time the very idea of a horror tv show seemed novel 
and it was like well here's this tv show it's zombies it's like i'm in you know um and i actually gave up after the first season because one i didn't feel like there were enough zombies um and two i kind of actively wanted the main character to die and that wasn't working out so well for me and and i quit and then it became more of a phenomenon really after that i kept over the years people would be talking about it thinking like should i give that show another chance and what's funny to me is i would <laughs> ask people that question you know several seasons into the show and they would always say nah yeah yeah <laughs> what about you yeah so <laughs> I am someone, I think I watched the first eight seasons of that show. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of people I used to watch that show with that uh, bailed after a very specific uh, scene in the finale of one one season. And those that have seen the show probably know which which scene I'm talking about. Um, but I just checked. It was, yeah, October 2010 that that show came out. So, you know, I think the, the first show lasted maybe 11 seasons. But here we are 13 years later, still looking at new walking dead material coming out and so this past week was the premiere of walking dead dead city where right. maggie and negan sort of have to make their way through through new york city and i noted that it was the most watched cable premiere so far for 2023 and all of their various platforms got more than a million viewers and so it just kind of baffled me. And so I just, how do they keep this thing going? You know, this is, I think, the second or third spinoff. How do they keep this thing moving like this? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to me, related to what I was saying, is I get the feeling when I talk to people that with The Walking Dead, even the original one, that at a certain point they were continuing to watch out of inertia. They were hate watching, you know, or at least some of them, you know. And because I would, I would say, oh, oh, it does seem like everyone's watching the show. Should I give it another chance? Is it really worth watching? And no one would ever really argue that the answer was yes. So I, mean, I do find it striking that it just can continues on. And no offense whatsoever to people out there who love The Walking Dead. Yeah. Good for you. Great. I wish that I believed that I could dial it up and love it for. 11 was it 11 seasons I, I think so yeah. give it to me I'm I'm totally like I miss that I miss I miss the longer seasons of tv shows too like I for me it's a great experience to start watching like um several years ago at that point all the stuff was on Netflix and I just started watching Star Trek and uh I watched every episode of the next generation and then I watched every episode of Deep Space Nine and then I watched every episode of Star Trek Voyager I mean, this took me months. Yeah. Because those are all seven seasons, 22 episode seasons. You know, I mean, you could do the math on that. How many hours of television mm -hmm. am I am I talking about there? Um, you know, seven times 22 times what, like 48 minutes, probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh I, I love that. I'd love to be able to um kind of lose myself in Walking Dead and say, oh, now there's more. So good for you, people. If people are yeah. enjoying it. Um, speaking of Star Trek, yeah, if there was ever a show that's emblematic of what the theme of the show is, that show just keeps coming back from the dead. Did there become? Uh, did there start being more zombies? Because that was I don't know. Maybe I'm weird, but when I first started watching it, I was like, man, there just there really aren't a lot of zombies in this show or a zombie towards, show. Towards the later seasons, it became a lot of hordes of zombies right so you can have these human stories for quite a while and then there are just 
huge masses of zombies that they have to deal with. But the, 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 the story was always about what do humans do in this situation? Not, not how do humans fight zombies? Yeah. I think, I think that was my problem. It was like, I'm not really interested in uh, this kind of survivalist (laughs) drama, particularly when I don't like the characters. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, Anyhow. So I I was going to, I was going to mention there, right. We were talking, um, I was mentioning Star Trek. But um, I also just read today that Paramount Plus is apparently canceling Star Trek Prodigy, which have you watched that at all? I actually haven't. I have not seen. I, I am someone who watched the old Star Trek and then TNG with my dad, but I'm not current on any of the new stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm really not either. People tell me that Strange New Worlds is like really good and a whole lot of fun. And that catches my eye. I was trying, um, I was watching Discovery for a little bit and I kind of fell out in a certain way and I could go on a whole thing here. Um, but let's avoid that. What I guess what stood out to me was there's a handful of shows that they were announcing today. Paramount Plus has canceled um, and maybe they're shopping episodes to Fast TV, you know, like the commercial like Pluto or Roku or I don't know what else is in there. Um, but Star Trek stood up because I, I was under the impression, or I'd be prone to think that they Paramount, Paramount Plus would view this as a kind of tentpole, you know, um, back when they were launching CBS All Access, which has now become Paramount Plus, Star Trek Discovery was, yeah, I don't know, the, the flagship, you know, the yeah. enterprise, yeah, they, they try to play out words a little bit, in terms of they made a, they made a big wager. They said we're going to make new Star Trek, but it's only going to be on this new streaming service. <laughs> you know, um, so I don't know. I don't know if this is a sort of canary in the coal mine for um, modern Trek, as people will call it, um, or if it's just well, hey, we had this one little kind of weird show, which I believe is animated and kind of geared towards children. Yeah. And we're just going to drop that one. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't know. Any any thoughts yeah. on that? Well, yeah, it, it's interesting to me. Not necessarily as as a watcher of that show, but someone who it follows a lot of the real, I think, significant IP properties pretty closely, right? So it's it Star Trek is obviously a, a massive, massive piece of of history in in television. And these are typically the things that, you know, you keep coming back to you when you need something or when you want to produce something. And it's interesting that that they are taking something apparently that season two was about wrapped up and said, no, never mind. We're not going to not going to go forward with this. Yeah, right. And to, and to be clear to people, you, know, you can go to your own research, but it, this is not just one of those things where they're saying, hey, we're not going to make the show anymore. No, this is one of those things we've started seeing rather recently that I wrote this whole essay about creating existential dread in me where you're having um a streamer remove their own content things that they themselves had produced in-house they're saying this is not not just going to be canceled it's no longer going to be available on paramount plus so this is like what um max did with raised by wolves and westworld and um you know some other things what um i can't remember to rattle off all of the examples now because we've seen other places sort of following suit 
uh, in, in a way that I didn't see coming, you know, I guess going back to 2010 or something like that, when streaming was getting going, I had the impression um, or just presumed that somehow the stuff that they were producing themselves would always be on their own thing. Mm. Um, and it is the case that any number of things are going to these other um, ad-based streamers what they call fast you know yeah, yeah um so maybe they're not just falling completely into the void but it is possible that something could fall completely into the void like maybe it has never been released on physical media right and they pull it from you know um the the streaming service that created it and it's just it's gone and the only yeah. way that anyone has it is through torrents or something like this yeah. it's just kind of <laughs> terrifying to me but, yeah yeah no and it's on it's it's happened uh, several times you mentioned max you know somewhere out there for those of you that are again uh comic book movie fans there is a batgirl movie out there somewhere that's completely done that's completely produced that's completely ready to go and warner brothers just decided to shelve that thing for reasons unknown um maybe someday we'll see it but this is just another example it was there that had stars in it it had power behind it um it was had a marketing budget and they just shelved it and we don't know why well i mean we sort of do i think right that it's and there's a background here i do have to say i don't fully understand this and also don't let me ramble on too long because i just start <laughs> i just gonna start like ranting about the world um but that there's something about tax write-offs and things like this um and again i don't understand the details but i am personally of the mind that whatever those details are the tax code is wrong yeah so they, like this yeah. is where i risk like <laughs> you should not be able to save money by not releasing this film yeah that exactly. exists I, in my mind that is perverse and that that should not be possible and i'm sure you know potentially some economists or accountant or something like that here and start yelling at me or business person yeah. but whatever it is i just it just i just think it's absolutely perverse that, that, that actually and that that's a weapon in the back pocket sense. of any any studio any production house any any streamer that that's a weapon they can pull out and use at any time yeah it, it, it's really quite sickening yeah i mean it's again i don't fully understand it because i i, I take it it must relate to some way in which i'm familiar with the idea of like writing off business losses yeah. you know but uh Aren't you self-incurred? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like you should be able to just say, well, we took a loss on that. Why'd you take a loss on that? Didn't try to sell it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, uh, it's, uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. know for it. But, um, well, speaking of things that have, have uh, been changing, we both noticed this uh, news on Turner Classic Movies. You want to update us on what happened there? Yeah, I mean, um I don't have a lot of details or don't want to get bogged down in a lot of details. People can go read about this. It is, it is maybe more related to film than television, but it's, I mean, it is TV. You know, TCM is a TV channel. If you have cable, mm -hmm. I've certainly known any number of people who um, turn on their cable TV and go right to Turner Classic Movies. Um, I've known a couple people who watch nothing else at all. Yeah. Um, who would, you know, if it disappeared, cancel their cable. But that, that's probably an outlier <laughs> situation. Um but they they made cuts to their staff. There's pretty massive layoffs. The numbers that I saw were that they're cutting their overall staff um, from ninety to twenty, 
um, which is significant. You know, those cuts included people in positions of leadership. This is where you can get bogged down in details that I don't have for you. I don't know. You know, um, there's been a change of leadership. So I don't know. Maybe there's some hope in the people who are, are taking over. They didn't just say we're killing it, but that's the fear that, yeah. that it's striking into the hearts of people. Um, apparently, this move spurred a combination of Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, and Paul Thomas Anderson to like put in a call. Yeah. To, <laughs> um, you know, say, don't kill this. We need to preserve the history of film and so on and so forth. And um, that's about all I've got on that. So, I mean, I guess it's developing, but it's just one thing amongst many. And I, yeah. Um, they I, apparently Spielberg through his through Amblin through his production company released a statement from these three guys saying how discouraged, disappointed they were. They were going to call this emergency meeting, as you said, try to see what we could do because they see the value in this. I know there's a lot of celebrities behind this 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 movement as well. But uh, yeah, this is something they can pull together: Spielberg, Spielberg, Scorsese, and and PTA. That's a uh, that, that's pretty momentous. Yeah, I like that. I like the idea of just the mental imagination of this combination of Spielberg, Scorsese, and Paul Thomas Anderson um, walking in suits in <laughs> Saslov's office, you know, like a slow-mo shot, like Reservoir Dogs or something <laughs> like that. But I mean, it's a, it's a worry. I don't even know if they have power, you know. I mean, Scorsese yeah. does a lot of work um, in terms of trying to preserve film history uh, and perhaps the others do as well. And I just, you know, I don't know the details as much as Scorsese. So I believe with all three of them, but, um, you know, if nothing else, some preservation of this stuff, because I mean, part of what is so potentially distressing about some of the stuff going on, uh, Warner Brothers Discovery is what they're doing with their own proprietary content yeah, I mean, you could argue, well, it's theirs. They can do with it as they please. Mm-hmm. But if, if what they decide to do is um, chuck it into the void, um, this is stressing to people, you know, and, and others about Disney. And anyway, uh, we should probably move forward here. Well, good. But well, that's what caught uh, our eye this week. I think we can, yeah, let's move on to sort of some things that we're watching, uh, watching in addition to the bear. What, uh, what's been on your screens this week? Um, well, I mentioned to you that I, I watched the first episode of I'm a Virgo, and you said you didn't know. Do you know what this is? I know nothing about it. I don't even oh, know okay. if I could tell you what what uh, what service it's on. It's on um, Prime Video. Okay. It's uh, created by Boots Riley. You know who that is? I do. Uh, I do. He directed uh, Sorry to Bother You, um, and I'm sure I've done some other work that I'm not pulling up you know, immediately. But um, it's an interesting show. <laughs> the <clears throat> the, uh, the basic premise centers around a 13-foot-tall, 19-year-old black man in Oakland, huh. played by Jarell Jerome. Um, <laughs> and I don't know. I, I watched the first episode. It's very, like, outlandish. It's real. I mean, it's pretty cool. I think I'm going to watch the the um, the rest of the series. They, they didn't release it all. Um, the other day what about you what have you been watching lately yeah i did catch the first we mentioned this a little bit last week but did catch the first episode of secret invasion this week the mcu show that came out wednesday um 
you know, I have some I have some thoughts here. You, you and I talk about how I'm someone that's very interested in this doing well, very interested in the content. Um, I mean, I am the target target audience. I'm showing you right now. You can't see on the podcast, but I'm showing you right now the full oh, run the secret. secret invasion, the comic books. Right. So I have these. I've read these. Cool. I'm very invested in this doing well. Um, but just some things that didn't quite land with me. It was a good episode of television. It was good things that didn't quite land with me. There was, um, without any spoilers, there's a perceived emotional moment at the end of the first episode, which, um, I think they hoped would, would hit harder than it did. Um, didn't impact me as much as I, as I thought it would. And then it was just, and, and maybe they just felt this necessary but in a six episode season, this first episode was so much exposition and so much just explanation of, you know, here's what's happening, yeah, um, I hate that. you know, for a spy show that's supposed to be quite dramatic, intense over six episodes. You just, you know, took one of the six just to sort of read me a paragraph about what's going on. And so, you know, some some issues with it, but um, still have some I have interest in it and it was good. And the character development was decent and so i'll be finishing it um but just you know just found it to be good not great not bad just sort of um looking for more i guess yeah well so it goes i guess what did you think about the credits there was some controversy in the world about the credits for secret invasion the opening title sequence yeah. this week um which i guess is known right was created by ai to put it succinctly um do you have any thoughts about that yeah, it was interesting to see, I think the day after the episode came out, the director put out something saying, this didn't cost any jobs, there was no one that was impacted by this, no one didn't get hired because we did it this way. I, I think it just was odd because it just looked awful. It looked bad. Um, it, it, you know, for something that you could do, you know, I don't need you to do James Bond, but something that you could just have some some kind of intriguing or mysterious credits to this show it just just didn't quite quite fit with me interesting yeah i mean there were it seemed like there were a number of people that first day who were um really mad about it on twitter yeah. i mean i think part of this is the twitter effect yeah, yeah. We're, 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 we're doing discourse you know or so or, or whatever um but i mean <clears throat> you know, i'm i'm sympathetic to that enough but yeah. Also, part of my initial reaction was, well, I kind of want to see these things. So I went, I, I, I've only seen the credits <laughs> to the show. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I was like, well, I'm curious. But yeah, I agree. I mean, I would say yeah, it's sort of mediocre at, at best. So uh, I don't know. Maybe um, a plus side kind of takeaway if we're looking for something positive to say about this. Maybe it shows that at least where things stand right now. Yeah. Um, these computer programs really can't do uh, as well as human beings could do if yep. if, if your, your reaction is saying, well, these uh, these credits really could have been better yeah. if, if, if they'd done things another way. So and yeah, obviously different different professionals, but uh, gave the the uh, writers that are on strike some happiness to see that probably. You know, one of their well, I mean, I think AI. that's part part of why it fed into the um, you know Twitter discourse. Definitely is is because you do have the ongoing writers' strike. Um, I guess the DGA agreed, the directors' union agreed to a new contract yesterday. We could have been on that, but you know, one of the things that's been at play in these labor disputes is the use moving into the future of 
um, generative AI, uh, of these of these technologies that are really still pretty nascent. Like I, I feel like we don't exactly know what they can do. So I really get the worry and how for many it might feel like cold comfort to say, well, but hey, they aren't very good because yeah. they're not worried about what they can do now or what they can do in the future and the potential of some future where um you could potentially have film or television entirely produced by yeah. artificial intelligence, which is maybe a decent seg to briefly talk about Black Mirror. Did you watch that one? I have watched a couple, and I'm glad you segued into that because I read your piece this week on um, on Black Mirror, just sort of in the season nice. as a whole, and I was interested in your your thoughts after you watched and have analyzed all all episodes of this season six. Yeah, I mean, I was a little bit down on it. Uh, we published a piece um, the other day. Um, it's called what is what is it, what is it called? Um, uh, uh, Why Black Mirror season six is so toothless? A theory. I think that's the title that um, we landed on. Um, so people can go read that. I mean, people do seem to be reading it, which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I mean, I have those thoughts on the season as a whole, which. Mm, I would clarify here, you know, I, I don't at all want to tell anyone who um, really enjoyed season six that they shouldn't yeah. or, or something like that. that. That's sort of kind of never my intent. I yeah. never want to tell people to not like things they like and sort of uh, enjoy all the things you can. I don't know if this is a good mantra, but um, I felt like it really, the season as a whole, just didn't cut me the way that Black Mirror mm. in the past has. You know, there was no, there was nothing that really just made me say, "Oh my God, you are correct." Yep. Being human, a human being is just like not acceptable. <laughs> I will, uh, I'll go over here for a little while or, or or whatever. Like, yeah, a lot of it was pretty good. There's one episode that I I, I really really disliked. Um, but a, a lot of it I thought was pretty enjoyable, but it's really only Jonah's awful, which I was just alluding to that felt to me like, oh, well, you know, this is a proper Black Mirror episode. Yeah. This is doing the kind of thing that I expect from this show. And it was pretty good, but I still felt like, why didn't you punch me in the face? You know, mm -hmm. it still kind of felt like it held back a little, but, um, yeah, that's and, it's not one of the episodes that I've seen yet, but I have noticed that that is the episode obviously getting all the juice at being on a, you know, about a streaming service and and just sort of the tie between that and and obviously where this this show is housed. But um, but I th I thought that you know for for the what you said the title was I thought the word toothless was actually quite good because it is you know, we think about mirror as prescient as as something that looks towards what we could be or who we might be and at least for the couple that i've seen it's yeah it's it, it lacked a little bit of that at least compared to last last few seasons yeah or you know the history so what is the other one that you saw i know you saw demon 79 because yeah, yeah. everyone listening ryan wrote on that episode we, we split up the, the the kind of recap and review duty um this time around so what, what's the other one that you've seen yeah the only other one that i've seen and i, I believe i've seen most of it is the aaron paul josh hartnett episode yeah beyond the sea um, yeah yeah beyond the sea that's right that's right yeah. so um and i watched that right away almost 
late at night and moved directly into Demon 79 and poured hours into that one. So, yeah, I mean, I just have not spent too much time yet with uh, with that full season. Yeah, fair enough. I don't mean to undermine your yeah. kind of motivation to do so either. I mean, look, <laughs> for the most part, I thought, well, like both of those two episodes, like I watched Demon 79 and go, that was pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, I watched Beyond the Sea. And I thought, well, that was good. Maybe a yeah. little slow, but I enjoyed it. The acting was really good. The story's pretty good. All of that kind of stuff. But th- th- there's really no episode in season six besides maybe Jonah's awful that mm. I can see myself at points in the future during conversation being like, yeah, oh, you know, like that Black Mirror episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm definitely a little bit disappointed. And, and I'll just on on to that end, just to, on Demon Seventy Nine, the one I spent so much time with. I enjoyed so much the actors in that episode, the cinematography, how it was developed and made to look as in this late seventies horror horror movie. Um, but I didn't take anything out of it in terms of what you're talking about the the plot, the meaning, the message behind it. That didn't land for me as much as say other other episodes and other seasons have done. Yeah. Basically, so maybe it's a joke. My theory is, or you can go read my article if you want, and read Ryan's article too on Demon Seventy Nine. It's good; he did a good job on that. Um, but yeah, my my theory was, I don't know, maybe something about them being just kind of afraid to really tackle the problems of this world that we're living in right now. I mean, because what do you get? You get Demon Seventy Nine set in nineteen seventy nine, Beyond the Sea set in an alternate nineteen sixty nine. Maybe it was an alternate nineteen seventy nine too. May, um, uh, Maisie Day is set in 2006. We haven't watched that one yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, like Jonah's Awful feels like it's now. Lock yeah. Henry also feels like it's now. But, um, you know, it, it, it's not just that. It's just this feeling of, um, you know, how often over the past few years has someone said, well, we're living in an episode of Black Mirror and, you know, maybe we are, but then Black Mirror comes out with new episodes and they're not grappling with any of that stuff. Really, that feels like um, it would be making you say that for the past yeah. three years or four years since since, since season five came out. So um, anyhow, yeah, uh, we can, I guess, leave it there unless you want to add anything else on that front. No, I think the other thing I've been spending my time with revisiting season one of The Bear and this first half of of season two, maybe we should uh, take a quick break and dive into that. Okay, sounds good. So, um, spoiler warning for what's on the other side of our brief uh, break here. Maybe we'll plug a little music in here. Um, When we resume, we're going to pick up talking about the first half of season two of The Bear on FX on Hulu. Um, that would be episodes one through five. No spoilers for anything after episode five because neither of us, uh, neither of us have watched any further as of yet. Right. Um, right. So, all right. Well, uh, let's take ten seconds or whatever, and then we'll pick back up on the other side. Okay, so Cameron, we're going to begin our coverage of season two of The Bear today, looking specifically at the first half, episodes one through five. We'll be diving deep into some of the details of these episodes, the themes, what we liked, what we didn't like, what uh, what we expect, perhaps, and some of the 
the episodes to come. Um, but we are going to spoil details for those first five episodes. So be sure you've seen those if you'd like before this this conversation. So uh, just just general thoughts. I have you know sort of two main questions. So what do you think about the first five episodes you've seen? And you and I have talked about this ad nauseum. What do you think about this philosophy of of dropping all the episodes at once, like they did? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we could start there because it's it's potentially very boring to people. Um, I, I don't like it when they drop everything all at once for several reasons. Um, it feels like some people will watch it all right away. You do kind of get a massive buzz um, for maybe a couple of days, which it feels like is going on with the bear right now. Mm -hmm. And then other people maybe, you know, have lives and watch it a little bit later yeah. <laughs> and they, they they might already feel like they've missed the point where everyone was talking yeah. about the bear yeah. um and you know i also think that it makes it really rather difficult to do the kinds of things that we want to do um write articles on these shows hopefully dig in a bit think them through uh have a podcast like this where we're discussing it you know i mean the alternate reality where we could have had um you know a recap of each episode of the bear mm -hmm. once a week for the next two months um this would be way preferable to me but i know that there are people in the world who prefer to binge things and yeah. there's like no common ground <laughs> yeah. what do you think about this <laughs> I, I am you know i'm, I'm generally with you on this on this discussion, I prefer to space this out, have time to think, consider, uh, review, sort of think critically about what's happening in these. Um, e even some of the models we've seen lately, I know that Disney Plus has done this. Amazon tends to do this. Maybe dropping, if you've got a 10 episode season, maybe they drop two or three at the beginning to put that hook in you, and then they'll do one each week. That seems to be a popular model, but there's just not many people that do this, drop everything at once. Um, and yes, so from a from a perspective of needing to create content around it, it's difficult, obviously. And then from a perspective of needing to or wanting to digest it, I just prefer to do it the other way. Yeah. I mean, it may not bother me so much, but I, I rarely feel like the decision is made in service of the show. Good point. You know, I mean, the all at once model is sort of a Netflix model. Yep. You know, and if if you if you want to stick to that, if you're Netflix, you want to stick to that. I get it. That's expectation. People have Netflix yeah. expect everything all at once. I don't quite know why you would do it. The middle the the middle ways you're talking about. Okay, you know, like maybe if you need more than one episode to hook people, I don't really always yeah. do. Um, but if you feel like you do, if it was serving the content, but I have counter examples I could bring up where it just didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. Like yeah. I mentioned Raised by Wolves earlier. I'm gonna plug Raised by Wolves again. Go find that <laughs> somewhere. I, that show is great. They canceled it and they're maybe they already did take it off of uh, Max by now. Um go 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 find Raised by Wolves. It's a lot of fun. But with that one, I, I think they came out the gate with two or three episodes. Mm. And I was like, man, I finished the first episode of that. And I wish they'd made me sit with that for a week. You know, but no, yeah. you can just like press play on the next one right away. So, <laughs> you know, I I don't know. Um, let's so, move on. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's right. They, they've done it. We can't do anything about it. We have to deal with it. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens moving moving forward. I'll just say, generally, 
I'm very interested in where these first five episodes have taken us. It is absolutely different than season one in terms of, I mean, clearly they're building a restaurant versus trying to serve people within a restaurant. That's the, you know, the, the plot is really different, but it, it's a different model and structure than what we experienced in that first season last summer. And so I'm, I'm just sort of curious, have, have the first five episodes, anything stood out to you in terms of the decision-making in terms of the, the plot points in terms of how the cast is mostly separated into small groups as opposed to we were all sort of in this small kitchen last year so what's if anything has stood out to you on that right yeah good so i mean maybe let's start with the structure because i have some thoughts about that first of all i love it okay but i'll I'll say more i'll go on a length about that and then maybe we can after that dig in more on like each particular character because you're right yeah they're largely separated so um, I'm curious how you feel about this, but to answer the question first, I guess, I really like it. it it's um, The structure is really interesting to me uh, of what they're doing here, that it is largely, um, I mean, the stories have a way of coming together, but then also existing in separation. It feels like there's a lot more space uh, in a certain way that's giving... Um, a depth to the characters because what happens is we end up focusing on one particular character. If you think about it, I don't know if you quite have thought about it this way. It's not just episode four, which I know you want to talk about, which focuses yeah. on Marcus, but meaningfully episode three focuses on Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and, 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 and that's actually a moment that um, I wanted to call attention to in particular in terms of, how I think the structure of season two is really interesting and, and I'm really liking what they're up to. They do this thing where um, they introduce Claire at the end of episode two, mm. right? Which I know we're going to talk about Claire. We will. And then in episode three, um, Carmi gets the call from her and so on. She wants help moving. She's asking if she can use his van and, and all of that, right? Um now, if you're all like me, part of you is like, oh, yeah, man, I want to see that. But you yeah. don't get that. Instead, they follow um, Sydney. The rest of the episode follows Sydney. You know, they, they pull this move where it's like, you know that Carmi is going to go and, and see Claire. He's going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you're like me, already feeling kind of invested in this, you know, romantic possibility between those two. Yeah. Maybe some people weren't. Um, but they don't go to that they follow sydney and of course carmy has sort of stood her up because they were supposed to go and taste food together you know they follow yeah they follow sydney instead so i mean i I think it's um i think the structure is really kind of servicing the characters well i don't don't know what are your overall thoughts about this that's exactly how i'd put it as well i I think that so much of season one was focused on Richie and Carmi, Richie versus Carmi, Richie and Carmi and their relationship um, and, and what they meant to one another, what they do for one another. But the writers were able to say, we've got some real stories here we can tell. And so let's take some time to do that with each one of these. As you said, Sid and sort of her journey in episode three, Marcus which we see in episode four, we see a lot of Tina in episode five, right? So we're in Ibram sort of been throughout, we're first seeing these pieces of who he is and who he wants or doesn't want to right. be. That's what I'm saying. I totally expect episode six to focus on Ibram. 
I yeah, mean, people exactly. listening to this know already. We don't yeah. know. We haven't watched it <laughs> yeah. yet. Okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but you know, given the given the structure in episode five, you were seeing, I mean, it's kind of weird. There are questions. We were seeing Abraham, he wasn't in class. Yep. He's instead like sitting on the boardwalk or whatever, smoking yeah. a cigar. Exactly. Um, Tina hasn't talked to him. Something going on with that guy, you know? Yeah. Um yeah. so so far, I, I feel like it's been working really well. The characters were all established really well in season one and very immediately yeah, and quickly, if you think about it, if you go back to season one, but that we're giving a bit more space and we're getting a bit more depth. Um, well, at the same time, it's not entirely cut off from, you know, the happenings that we keep circling yeah. back to. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned Richie, I think in your, you wrote on season, um, sorry, you wrote on episode one. Right. And uh, are going to do some follow-up writing so people can keep an eye out on the uh, site, tvobsessive.com, if you want to read things. I hope you want to read things. But, you know, you, you made a point of emphasis in what you wrote in episode one about that scene with Richie asking about purpose. Yeah. And you know, maybe we should talk about that because I think you may be right that meaningfully that's kind of setting the stakes of the whole season. Yeah, it, it was interesting to me, I think, in the piece I compared it to, you know, that conversation between Richie and Carmi talking about R Richie wondering what his purpose is, and it, it the, just hits you at the very beginning of this of this season. And I'm parallel it to the very beginning of season one, when before we even know what's going on here, Carmi comes face to face with this, this grizzly bear that's on the bridge there over the river in Chicago. Um, and, and so this, you get this sense of, will that be what this season is about? As we started now to follow some of these characters um, and look at what their purpose might be. What is Sydney's? What is Tina's? What is Richie's? What is Sugar's? Um, you know, obviously she's much more involved now in this, in this season, but I just thought that conversation was, was interesting and, and also just provided quite a bit of foreshadowing that this is what we're going to look at this season. What is the purpose of these people and maybe how can they harness that, come together with it to build this thing? Right. No, I mean, I think that's absolutely right. And and more so, or further, it's of a piece, right? On the one hand, there's a question of, like, what is their purpose in the restaurant? What is their purpose in relation to the bear, the restaurant that they're creating, and what will it be? But then at the same time, is this, is this their purpose in a more existential sense? Mm -hmm. You know, and that Richie is feeling that, which I always... I always felt there's there depth to Richie's character. You know, he's kind of one of these blustery guys who's got a lot of bravado or whatever. But like, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's got a little weeping heart in there. And um, that he's he's concerned about this. And the restaurant is a prism into that, right? Yeah. Because specifically, yeah. it's like, what is my purpose in relation to what we're doing here? And do I have one? And we're bunning up against existential crisis territory. Which, which is great, it's my wheelhouse. But um, that beyond that, it's kind of the same thing for everyone. There's a question of what is their, is this what they should be doing? Which I think yeah. continues to be a bit of a through line with Carmi himself. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, the, it's also early on in this season, right, where he uh, he looks up fun in the dictionary. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because it's like, he's recognizing that. yeah. He loves this, yeah. but does he have fun? Is it fun? You know, is it yeah. fun in his life? And I think that then the introduction of Claire 
um, make sense in relation to that. So I, I don't. I, maybe let's go there. How how did Claire strike yeah. you? She shows up the first time at the end of episode two, as I recall. Yeah, she she does, and and I'm I'm one. I know this is always a question about these things. I'm one that thought they had some pretty good chemistry from the very beginning, right? They you know had some sort of past relationship. Um, haven't seen each other in a long time. I think they have good chemistry. I, you know, I had this question that I posed to you as to why. I'm trying to think, why would Carmi originally give her a wrong number? Um, and, and maybe it's just that he feels like he needs to be so focused on this mission, on this goal of opening this place. But you know, clearly, she has talked him out of that, and they are moving pretty quickly into something that's a substantial relationship. And then the question is, well, what happens with that? But I, I enjoy Claire as a character. I enjoy the relationship that they're building because I think that they they do well on screen together. All right, so I have multiple thoughts here. I want to be, be sure to yeah. hit them also, just noting to you that like, we're going to talk about Claire for a, a minute. Yeah. Um, first, I, I do want to say in relation to what you say that I, I agree completely. I thought the, the chemistry was immediate. The rapport was immediate. I mean, I know yeah. that part of part of this, part of what fed into this was how they were framing the shots and so on. Yes, Yes. Was, was distinctive and I'm not going to try to describe them but to call your attention to them if you've seen it or if you are watching it again um, I'll be perfectly honest with you Ryan basically I fell in love with her immediately on <laughs> Army's behalf I was like I, you got me Claire, Claire's got me um, I'm head over heels uh, immediately just for that from that one scene um, and you know maybe he quite is, isn't quite you yeah. know or or um, the question about why he gives her a fake phone number. I have some thoughts about that. But first, let me ask you, did you call that number? No, no, I did not. Is there something there? No. Oh, it was a five. <laughs> it was a five, 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 which means it's not, not a usable number, right? Didn't he? No, this is no longer true. They they, they change things. In the oh, world, okay. Right? Because, because it's, everyone has to have an area code and that complicates things. Um, maybe no, maybe it is still true that five five fives don't tend to be um, <laughs> actually existing numbers. That's what if you put it in your phone and call it, which I did. Um, yeah. I got uh, you know a little message that was like, "Your call cannot be completed as dialed." You know. <laughs> yeah. So they didn't take the opportunity for a little um, yeah <laughs> kind of guerrilla marketing. Right. Right. Which which I mean, I, I, hey, you know, just recently there was a phone number in Yellow Jackets. Yes, yes. And if you called that phone number, you got content. Yep, you did. You you got, you know, um, and they changed it right before the season finale, too. They changed what you got. So, I mean, hey, yeah, oh. I called the number. Oh. Um, but to let people know if they didn't, yeah, there, there, <laughs> there's nothing there. Why did he give her a fake number? I think that I think you're starting to get at it. Yeah. You know, but it comes back up again later. I think in episode five, she asks him again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and this is right before they're really kind of, I don't know what the word I want is consummating something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're they're on the track of that when they're at the party <laughs> yeah. and, and so on. I think putting all of this together, I mean, I think there's a way in which he doesn't know. Yeah. Why he gave her a fake number. Um, he hesitates. Certainly he must feel that chemistry we're talking about immediately. He must feel that rapport, yeah. that connection. 
um, that's a connection to his past, but it's something sort of good in his past in contrast to something painful. Um, so, I mean, I do, it made sense to me what I'm trying to articulate, how I don't think it's just some thought of not feeling like he has time for love mm -hmm. because of, you know, the um, the restaurant. Yeah. Maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's some just hesitation about the idea of even thinking he deserves it or something like this. Yeah. Um, and maybe and maybe it goes back to again everything circling back to to purpose that he had this he has this job to do in terms of what his brother left him. It, it, does he have time to have a purpose that deviates from that to to give someone else the attention he feels like he should give to what his brother what his brother left him? You know I don't know it's hard a hard question to to, to answer but it's it, it seems like he's sort of at least in five episodes has made his made a decision on that yeah here's what i want to try to say because it's it's very hard because i think what i what i really want to say is there is no um justification um both in, in i mean this both in terms of one that would make sense to us and just people in the world in general or one that would make sense to Carmi himself yeah i i think that at the same time it works. I believe it. I believe that he would do this. Yeah. I get it at some level with his character, but I think it would be a mistake to imagine that he's got some well-articulated line of reasoning in his own mind about why he gave her the big number. Yeah. I don't think he does. I think meaningfully he does not know. You know, he doesn't have that kind of transparency of self-consciousness to know, well, I gave her, you know, Anything he'd come up with would be a kind of post hoc rationalization. Yeah. And when she pushes on him on it, what does he say? He says something like, I like you so much, or something <laughs> like that. That's what he says. Yeah. That's his reason. That's his reason. Right. So read into that as you will. Again, that I like you so much. I'm afraid I'm going to get too sucked into this and not yeah. do the stuff that I'm supposed to be doing. Uh, I like you so much. And I'm a piece of shit who doesn't deserve anything good in the world. Yeah. yeah. Read, in, read into it. Uh, uh, so, so do you think, having not seen the last half of the season, do you think, you know, we saw him or ditch Sydney on the food tour there that you referenced earlier. Do mm -hmm. you think this becomes an issue where it causes a rift between him and Sid as they try to complete this job? Well, I mean, I think that... Um, what you see in that episode is her doubting or at least worrying. I mean, think about doubt as being in that space of uncertainty mm -hmm. about Carmi as her partner in all of this. You know, she goes around, she talks to all of these people and that keeps kind of coming up. You know, do, yeah. do you have a partner yeah. that you can trust? Yeah. Do you trust him? You know? And that it's at least kind of throwing that into question, you know, uh, and that's sort of the point when she gets so upset about not being told they had to knock down walls and things like this, you know, at least that's how I read that is that, yeah, well, I mean, Carmi's right, perhaps there's no other choice, there's no real reason why she needed to be consulted, yeah. but it's one of those things like, well, but 
are we really in this together? And if you really believe we were in this together, yeah, of course you would have felt like you had to talk to me about it and you didn't, that sort of yeah. thing. So I, I don't uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that in some ways, in response to your question, it's central to, to mm-hmm. what's going to be going on in this season because it's a central thing of um, Sydney and Carmi making yeah. this restaurant bef- together. It's his restaurant, but it's her restaurant. Yeah. You know? Um, but I don't I don't think I predict um like a, a schism. Right. Uh, right. I, I predict more dramatic tension, I guess. I, yeah. I don't know. What what about you? Yeah, that, that that's that's the way I read it as as well. That there will be some tension, maybe it seems manufactured, maybe not, as part of this relationship, but clearly there are gonna be more headaches and misunderstandings ahead with the opening of this of this place but i think in, in, inevitably it's my read on it my guess is that it's going to make carmy and sydney understand that this has to be a strong partnership it has to be something where they do this together they can't do it in sort of separate modes or in separate roads um they have to um they they must be almost foundationally connected in every piece of it. And I think that they're sort of setting this up to say, okay, they're going to realize that at some point, how do they get there? Well, it may take this sort of thing that looks like it might divide them, but eventually they get to that point. Yeah. Interesting. At least I hope so. I kind of presume so, because I don't think yeah. the bear is going to give us a tragic ending to season two. Mm. Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. yeah. Which, which it could. I mean, oh, like yeah. there's that, the, the narrative path would be that they try to do this they utterly fail. Yeah. Everyone's sad. Series over. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean? uh, maybe someone dies too. Right. I mean, but I don't think that's where this show is is going. Yeah. And I think you're right. And you have the other aspects of this too that I know we wanted to hit on with um, we mentioned Richie briefly. Yes. There's also stuff with um Sugar or Natalie. Yes. Um uh and uh, I mean I really enjoy her character. I don't know about you. Yeah, I actually think she is doing an amazing job this season um i enjoyed her when she was on saturday night live she's a pretty funny character but this is just a complete dramatic turn that i just didn't know was in her wheelhouse yeah i love it i mean my, my favorite i love the scene when uncle jimmy comes and he's like giving them <laughs> shit, you know? and um when she turns on the um Oh, you know, it's me. I just didn't know what to do. And yeah, yeah. Jimmy, that that bit, that bit. <laughs> oh my god! Because as she's walking out of the room with him, she's like turning to Richie, going, "Shut up!" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's it's a brilliant, you know, because she, what, what I think what that really shows is she is fully aware that what she's doing in that moment is yeah. emotionally manipulating Uncle Jimmy, right. basically, right. right. Uh, to to the benefit of um of, of the restaurant and uh, yeah I mean I've, you know, I've been enjoying her role in this a lot I didn't season one too but I like to see her in the mix of it I don't know you know we're talking about purpose does it make sense for Natalie to be doing this I mean I guess yeah. she's still kind of not fully committed to the idea that she's the project manager but, but i also love how the guys refer to her as mom 
Yeah. Um but and I don't think I don't think we've seen we haven't seen Pete, her husband, yet this year. That's what I was gonna season. say. We haven't seen her husband. What's where is he doing? Does he know so she's I pregnant? Just don't, yeah, in ter- she she is. And, does and her husband know of, she's pregnant? That guy's sort of yeah, a doofus. I, does he know she's pregnant? I, it's, it's possible yeah, she doesn't even know. I just don't think she sees her purpose being the life that she had with him. She wants to be part of this family, of this community. So even though she's reluctant to do it, it hates the experience and hates what's happening. She sees it as sort of, this is sort of who I want to to be with. And this is the people I'm going to confide in that I'm pregnant. We have no idea if Pete knows or not. Yeah, exactly. Again, he is kind of a doofus. So, I mean, what I expect from the structure that's laid out, and this might be totally wrong. And again, people listening will have already seen it. And probably I'm going to go watch it tonight and look back and go, oh, I was an idiot. But yeah. um, almost what I would expect from how they're mapping out the season is that in the latter half, we'll get an Ibrahim episode. We'll get a sugar episode. Yeah. You know, um, and uh, then I don't know what else. Again, they are, I don't necessarily mean something that's somehow entirely focused on this one character. Yeah, but you know, kind of like Lost, which we talked about it before, to where one character is really in the spotlight, and I, yeah. I sort of expect that um, will be the case here. Yeah. Um, you want to touch on any of these other characters quickly before we before we wrap up the first half of the season? Yeah, I want to let's circle back around to on 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 this point. Circle back around to episode four, the, the Marcus episode, which. Um, yeah. We wanted to talk about um what how how did this one land for you in particular it's kind of its own self-contained story yeah i'll be honest my first thought was well you can tell when a show has become a, a breakout hit when they could afford to send a crew and actors over to copenhagen for you know weeks to to film an episode that right. was sort of my initial cynical thought to this but no I, I i as a fan of what marcus did and who it looked like he wanted to be in season one I enjoyed him getting to take part in something like this, and also love the interaction with Will, um, with uh, with Will Poulter. I just thought that was a phenomenal sort of pairing there, um, as sort of mentor and and student. So I I enjoyed it. Either took us a little bit away from what we're trying to accomplish. Took I I enjoyed that that episode quite a bit. I mean, I thought it was nice. It was meditative. It really kind yeah. of gave it some depth to Marcus. You know, um, you've got the scene where he's rescuing the biker. Um, which I I don't know. I mean, I read that as just kind of showing that he's a good guy. I don't know if yeah. it's going to tie into anything. Um, did you have any other? Did, uh, yeah, did I just you, uh, I found that odd. Situation? Yeah, I, I found that an odd thing to to throw in. But again, just the, yeah, he is. He is committed to and motivated to do what's what's right. He's committed to motivated to do whatever it takes to make something right. And we've seen that when he was so hyper focused on his donuts and his stuff in season one. Um, but maybe just that he has got this thing inside of him with his mother that we've seen now in the first few episodes with this guy who was who was injured. Um He's got purpose and he knows what he wants to do. He knows what he wants to do, but he's not going to let it sort of distract him from maybe the the person that he that he is. And maybe that comes into to play later, right? Maybe there's some sort of decision he has to make with his his mother being so sick and something that he has to do with the restaurant. And he has to come into a decision between those two things. Maybe just sort of setting the stage for what type of person he is when he's forced to make that decision. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of hope not, because I, 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 my hope is that this isn't that show. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it would almost be a cliched sort of thing to move this in the direction of, oh, well, his, his mother's sick. Oh, now Marcus has to make a choice. Is he really going to pursue his dream, or is he going to care for his sick and dying mother? Yeah, um, I, I don't think they're quite going in that way. I think they're they're sort of nicely playing instead with the idea that look we have our dreams we're pursuing them mm -hmm. you can pursue them you can find the purpose and being really really good at something or mm -hmm. striving to be and if it's making you know desserts that's awesome actually yeah. and then you have that nice long conversation and it doesn't mean that you have to um you know neglect caring about people Okay, so I guess we'll leave it there for this time. Thanks again for listening to the TV Obsessive Podcast. Um, Cameron Crane, Ryan Kirksley has uh, encountered some technical difficulties, uh, so we are kind of cutting this a little bit shorter than intended. I do think we were wrapping up uh, for what it's worth. Either way, we do intend to spend our next podcast continuing to discuss the Bear Season 2. Uh, that will be probably in about a week from now. Um, and work on getting that out as soon as we can. Uh, in the meantime, please do read the website, tvobsessive.com. You can follow the site on Twitter, on Facebook, also now on Instagram. You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever else you might get podcasts. You can find it on YouTube. If you want to check out the YouTube channel, it's the TV Obsessive YouTube channel. You can find these things. Um and so we'll leave it there for this time. Apologies for um, encountering a little technical hiccup here. You're left with me uh, to wrap things up. Uh, Ryan will be back with me next time, and uh, we'll see you again. Uh, thanks for listening.